This is your Friday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. Hope everyone's having a good day. Getting ready for the weekend. It's kind of nice out. Um, Been getting outside a little bit more. And this weekend, looks like Sunday might hit 60, you guys. In terms of unexpected treats, that is, uh, that's a nice one. We don't usually get 60 this early in March, at least I've... From my uh, from my perspective, but anyway, uh, speaking of unexpected treats, we got a lot of good stuff coming up on this show. Ben Gessling, Vikings beat writer, will join me in a little bit to talk all things Vikings, talking about the Kirk Cousins extension from last weekend, talking about what's going to happen potentially with Daniil Hunter, talking about their new signings, Harrison Phillips and Jordan Hicks. And uh, just kind of the box they're in a little bit with the salary cap and why maybe they haven't made more and bigger moves, but probably more to come with that. Got to talk about a big trade that we saw um, just a little while ago. Devontae Adams sounds like he is headed to the Raiders out of the Packers. A big haul for Green Bay getting a first and second round pick, so they're going to have a lot of top picks presumably to take a wide receiver but that's a that's a strange development in Green Bay you always thought that when Aaron Rodgers was coming back that meant he and he and Devontae Adams were trying to load up for one or two more shots at a Super Bowl that is not the case Devontae Adams getting paid with Las Vegas so more on that in a minute as well plus Gophers women's basketball extends its season in the NIT but first what did I miss you know it I have a weird kind of fascination with comparing the Wild and the Timberwolves. You know, it's it's in some ways it's natural because their seasons are concurrent. They play play always you know roughly the same time. They play the same length of schedule, and you know so they're easy to compare the the relative success. And generally speaking, it has been the Wild that has been better than the Wolves, particularly of late. Um, but this year is interesting because. For just the third year that both of those teams have been in existence, which is now more than 20 seasons, um, there's a chance that they will both make the playoffs. Still work to be done in both cases. The Wild seemed like a lock uh, about a month ago until they went into their big skid. Now still in good shape to at least make the playoffs, but a little bit more tenuous after you know after that stretch where they you know they lost uh, 10 times in 14 games which I wrote about a little bit on startribune.com on Thursday just kind of can they rediscover that identity but even if they don't get all the way back to where they were they should be in good shape to make the playoffs this year the Wolves have already clinched at least a spot in the play-in round. Seems like they are destined for at least a top eight finish, trying to finish in the top six and get straight to the playoffs. But even if they didn't, they would probably have two cracks at it in the play-in round to get to the top eight and get to the playoffs. You know, like I said, if they did, that would be the, that would be just the third time that both teams have made the playoffs in the same season. Period. The first time was 2002, 2003. Then there was a big old drought caused mostly by the Timberwolves, but the Wild contributed as well. And then finally, they both made it again in the 2017-18 season, both of them, of course, flaming out in the first round. Um, So this year, the opportunity ahead of them is clear. They can both make the playoffs. Don't know how far either team would go. Both of them would probably be you know, relatively low seeds at this point. Uh, we'll see how the Wild does down the stretch. They have a probably they have a better chance of at least getting a home playoff series if they can rally um, down the stretch here. The Wolves, 
um, you know, can't jump up that far. Even if they did get into the top six, they would probably be a road underdog in the playoffs. But nonetheless, an opportunity for both of those winter teams, which have not, let's let's be honest, have not experienced a great deal of either combined success or individual success. Both of those teams, a chance to make the playoffs this season, both back in action on Saturday. Matinees uh, for both, I believe the Wild plays Chicago at 1 p.m. Saturday, and the Wolves play the Bucks at 4 p.m. Both of those are home games, so chance for both of them to pick up another game and get and get a little bit further down the road in this attempt to both of them make the postseason. Take a playcation to Mystic Lake for 24-7 gaming, fun restaurants and bars, and luxurious hotel rooms. And join Club M to bask in the rewards. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. Really happy to have Ben Gessling back on Daily Delivery. Does a great job covering the Vikings along with our whole crew. And it's uh, Ben, it's it's a busy time, but like we were joking, not even joking, like we were just talking about before we started recording. Um, you know, the Vikings have had moves to make, but you know, any kind of free agent frenzy, uh, they don't really have the money to to do that so much. So it's been kind of quietish, um, but but some some levers they've had to pull in order to get under the cap and, and make at least some of these smaller moves. How would you assess um kind of what we've seen since the new league year? started Wednesday and even before that with with the decision on Kirk Cousins. Mike, it's my time of year. It's uh time to to move all the cash around and, and get wonky and uh, just just fire up the sounder. Yes, let's do it. Where's the money, Brzezinski? <laughs> yeah, Love it's it. uh it's it's that time of year to uh and and I think the Vikings are hoping that it's not always this time of year where this cap gymnastics thing of Save us, Rob Brzezinski, you're our only hope, is uh, an annual exercise. But for now, it still is because uh, a lot of the decisions they made last year when Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer are saying, we have to fill the competitive roster with the cap going down, and if we don't, it's somebody else's problem anyway. Uh, the, the somebody else's problem that it is, is that's arrived. The people who now have the problem were named Quasi Adolfo Mensa and Kevin O'Connell to have to figure all this out. So a lot of this week has just been about trying to get to the point where they're under the cap as they had to be by Wednesday afternoon at three o'clock. Kirk Cousins new deal helped them do that. And then and this morning, uh, I'll do that again. Cause we're recording this for tomorrow. <laughs> um, and then Thursday morning before the Vikings could have a press conference, introducing Harrison Phillips and uh, Jordan Hicks. They're, they're two, most expensive or I guess probably least modest free agent additions, they had to restructure Harrison Smith's deal just to get that done. So a lot of what they've had to do this week is just rearrange enough money to be able to even do a little bit of business, let alone be active in free agency. So you're, you're still in this mode of them having to move money around and try to, to use things like void years, with, which they did with cousins or signing bonus conversions, which they did with Harrison Smith just to do business. And I think they are probably getting tired of having to do this. And I'm sure Kwesi is looking at a lot of this and saying, I'd love to have more room to operate than this. And, and that makes me think there could be more still to come. And I think certainly in the years to come, it's going to look a lot different just because you're going to have to do still a lot of work to this roster to get it back to the point where you have a lot of flexibility this time of year. Yeah. And that's a good point. I mean, and then, 
here's, you know, we heard from, from the brain trust Thursday and, you know, I, they're, I think I believe they're being honest when, whenever they do talk, but, and, and they must've known coming into this, what, you know, they knew obviously coming into this, what the salary cap looked like that said, do you, do you get a sense or would you imagine that they wish they had been able to do more yet at this point and any kind of bigger things that could have freed things up. I mean, I'm speaking specifically about cousins, or do you think that they got to the point with Kirk cousins and the way they did it, that that was satisfactory to them? Well, I, I think they looked at options beyond where they went. I, we've heard this week that they did explore some trade options for cousins. I have reported that they have been looking at doing the same for Daniel Hunter. And then I think there have been other names that they've at least entertain that possibility. Now, how serious it got, how much they're willing to kind of take pennies on the dollar to get rid of these guys and, and change the cap situation. I don't, I don't know that I, I would be surprised if they are looking at a lot of these things and saying, we'll just do a fire sale. And I think, especially when the Wilfs have said what they've said about being competitive, I don't think that's going to be in, in the plans, but I'm sure they love to have the ability to change things around more than they have, because I mean, you look at it at this point, they swap out one nose tackle for another. They add, they basically swap a linebacker for another in terms of Anthony Barr being gone. It's a, an inside linebacker in terms of Jordan Hicks. But the ability to say we're going to remake, reshape this defense in the image of what we want to do isn't really there because they just don't have the money to go out and sign big name free agents or even add multiple pieces at a number of different positions, like the cornerback position at this point, I don't know how you address that. I think you're still going to have to go do more to go even sign a veteran cornerback. You are at this point putting a lot of weight on a draft where you don't have a ton of picks. You don't have a fourth round pick because of the Chris Herndon trade. And <laughs> I, sir, I, you, you, you brought that up. I just, I just rolled my <laughs> eyes because I, I think you might have been even by you that tweeted out, you know, it was either Wednesday. I can't remember when it was, but the draft order became finalized yes. with all the compensatory picks. And I could not for the life of me, remember why they didn't have a fourth round pick. And now you just Chris reminded Herndon. me it was the Chris Herndon trade. Yep. 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 That's the reason. So uh, no compensatory picks either because they didn't sign any, or they didn't lose that many free agents last year. And, and I think the one they did sign well, Patrick Peterson probably canceled some things out there. So they didn't get a comp pick. So they're, they're kind of putting a lot of stress on a draft to be able to hit right away. And it's, it's hard to live that way. It's just, it's hard to do this thing where you're constrained by your finances and you're putting so much stress on one area of your roster building phase to hit, to be competitive. So I have to think they would love to be in a spot where it's less constraining and less, uh, of them operating with their hands tied and, and it may take a while to get there, but I, I think the players they've at least explored trading tell you that they are looking at this with their eyes open in terms of the, the cap situation being awfully tough to deal with at the moment. Given that they extended cousins ostensibly for a year and gave him a no trade clause and all that money is you know guaranteed as it always is. I've spent, countless hours on this podcast and we've talked about it on access Vikings too, about the possibility of a Kirk cousins trade. I've done countless blog posts on that. Is that, are we done with that for two years now? Is this basically like a hundred percent chance he is the quarterback for the next two years? I don't think so. I don't think we're done with it. Um, I think 
the no trade clause certainly gives him some leverage in the situation. And he has never come to the table in one of these things um, just looking to give money back because uh, it'll help the team out. I, I mean, you can play it that way. I mean, play, some players do that. Some players don't. And people have their right, their right to do what they want. And his approach has been, I will work with you, but there has to be something in it for me. There has to be something that benefits both sides. I'm not just going to do this out of the goodness of my heart. And I, I think most players that go about it that way would say, Hey, as soon as it makes sense for you to dump me, you're going to do it. So I might as well try to get what I can while I have some leverage. And he has had leverage because of these short-term deals. It's been very interesting to watch, but he got the no trade clause, I think, because he wants to have some say in what happens. I don't think it necessarily means that he is a, a lead pipe lock, so to speak, to be, the starting quarterback in 2022 and 2023. But what it does mean is he's going to have some say in where he goes. If he is the subject of trade talks again in a year, you're going to have to get him to say, yeah, I'll waive this for this team, but not for this other one. He will have the ability to have a voice in that conversation. And I think if nothing else, it, it gives you that. And, and you see a lot of players that don't have that. So he had a no trade, his first contract, didn't have one in his second one got it back, I think, in part to, yeah, like I say, kind of have that say, have that voice in that conversation. I don't think it necessarily means he's here for sure, but it does at least make it so that he's not just sitting there waiting to find out where he's going. He at least can uh, help shape that approach if that's how the Vikings decide to go. Interesting. Good. I can still keep writing about it and talking about it. That's a relief. <laughs> now, <laughs> I think we can give it a rest for a little while. It does seem like there was something Probably for now, but yeah, for now, it's for now, it's, but it does feel like there was a, a certain settling on, on that at least. Although we did see on Thursday that Cleveland is now out of the uh, Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. So I'm just going to file that away um, conveniently, but uh, the Daniil Hunter question is more front brain right now because he is due that $18 million roster bonus by Sunday. We've talked about it a little bit already, but that's kind of the big lever they can pull, right? To get either more yeah. space, whether it's a trade, whether, like you said, it's converting it to a signing bonus where then it's, you know, the cap hit is spread a little bit more evenly over, you know, however number, however many number of years. Um, is there a, is there a guess at this point as to how that gets resolved? Do you think he's still here? Because he's an awfully good player, but he hasn't played all that much. So, And it's a new, you know, like we said, they're switching to the 3-4 defense. There's a lot of yeah. different things in play here. Yeah, that's it's so tricky with him because when he's healthy, I mean, this is a no-brainer. He's fantastic. and He's, he's a great pass rusher. He's responsible against the run. He has been coachable. He is athletic enough, I think, to play in a 3-4. We've seen him rush from a stand-up position before. And I, I feel like they were confident or at least have expressed confidence publicly that, that he could do that. I don't think that's a huge issue, both because of his athletic skill set and because, like Kevin O'Connell has said, you're into the nickel so much that a nickel is typically a four down front. And you could make Hunter kind of that hybrid player where he can stand up, he can rush from the point where his hand is in the dirt. I mean, you can, you can do what you want with him because he's that good and he's that athletic. He has not been healthy. And that becomes the issue, I think, both for how they value him and how another team might value him, because he's he's as athletic and as dynamic as anybody in the league at that position. But you haven't seen him do it for really other than the six games he was on the field last year. And I suppose 
if you're his agent, you say, Hey, yeah, he hasn't been healthy, but you look at when he, when he was here, he was the same guy. He was as dominant again as he's been in the past. So I think that would be the thing that would attract people to him. That would be the thing that he'd be able to say, if I'm healthy and you trust that I'm healthy, then let's roll and and take a chance on it. But the question with him is the health. And then the other piece of it is, does he want to be here? And I, I don't have a great answer to that question, but I ask it because there has been enough chatter about that in the past that it makes me wonder. There was certainly issues last year when he was going through the contract dispute there was, I think he felt burned by the way the team, the way the organization had responded to him when he had injured his neck in 2020. Uh, I think there has been uh, some, some bad blood, at least in terms of how hard it was to get that contract done last year. I think Andre Patterson not being here changes things a little bit. I mean, the previous regime had, that's where some of those issues had come from with specifically Mike Zimmer with Rick Spielman, uh, some things that happened there, I think, played into that. But Andre Patterson was also somebody he was very close with. He doesn't have relationships necessarily good or bad with the new regime, but uh, that could maybe be something where he says, you know what, I, I, can, uh, I can seek out something else and I can try to be on a different roster. So <clears throat> it's a lot to try to figure out, and I think the Vikings have probably looked at it and said, hey, if, if we could get – a decent return for him. Let's consider that. But then you have no pass rush. You have no really way to build your front seven. So it's a lot to try to figure out. And I, I don't think they're just going to give him away. I think if they were going to do that, you'd probably see him off the roster by now. But the fact that they haven't done the conversion yet on that roster bonus makes me think that they're still considering a lot of these things that they, the fact that they've been trying to move him. <clears throat> I don't know that they've closed the door to that completely yet. I, I think if you get to the point where you say, uh, he's going to be here. We need the cap space. It's a stroke of a pen, basically to do that roster bonus conversion into a signing bonus. He doesn't have to agree to that. They can basically tell him we're doing this, and that's done. They have done signing bonus conversions with him in the past with base salary. It's no different with this. They can uh, they can just go do it. But you have to make the calculations of is he going to be happy? Uh, do we want to have him at that number? All of that stuff has to go into it. So it's it's certainly one of the more interesting questions they have to face yet at this point. They've signed, you know, a few new players like we've talked about. Jordan Hicks, the linebacker, signed a new uh, defensive tackle. Another Harrison, so that's just going to trip me up, but that's fine. Um, two Dalvins and a... <laughs> that's something. right. That's right. Um, but there's still, I mean, a lot of holes on this roster. I mean, those don't even really like plug holes. Those just, you know, replace guys who probably are leaving like we've talked about. Um, they still probably need maybe another interior lineman. I know they just signed one, but I don't know what, you know, if that's more of a depth move, they definitely need some corners. They have a question at safety with Xavier Woods moving on. Um, you know, there's plenty of things they still need to do. Um, so that, you know, in your estimation, what's still on the off season checklist once they can kind of figure out the money of it. Well, they need a corner. I mean, I, I think that's the biggest priority. Patrick Peterson, like said again on his podcast this week, that he wants to be back, that he enjoyed it here. I, you have to figure out how you're going to pay Patrick Peterson. I don't know that that's a, a terribly expensive proposition at this point, but it's not going to be $2 million. I mean, you're going to have to probably come to him with, I would think, at least something like what you gave him last year, and they don't have the money to do that right now. I think the corner is a big one. I think they could use another edge rusher. 
Um, whether that's in the draft or whether that's in free agency, we'll have to see. But that's still a need, probably trying to figure out another interior lineman if you don't feel like Austin Schlotman comes in as the starter right away. And I, I think they'll have competition there. Um, I wonder if they're fe- how they're feeling about tight end at this point because uh, Johnny Munt, the guy they signed, is coming off an ACL and is probably more of a blocking tight end. You lose Tyler Conklin. Irv Smith coming off the meniscus. How do you feel about your options there? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of the issues that we've seen with them in the past are still here. I think they're probably feeling okay about their run front, at least in terms of the two tackles, in, ter- in terms of Dalvin Tomlinson and Harrison Phillips. Uh, if you have Eric Hendricks and Jordan Hicks, you probably feel okay there. Um, you maybe put Cam Bynum in next to Harrison Smith. So you're you're building the team up the middle like it's the baseball team. But uh, you still need to know what your edge rushers are going to be. You still need to know what your corners are going to do. And then I think some of the, the long-running issues on offense have not changed. So there's still a lot to get done. And that's why they need the money to be able to do some of these things because you can't just go sign guys at a veteran minimum and hope that all your problems get fixed that way. Yeah, that's a that's a very that's a very good point. Um, ben Gessling, last thought for you. Like any any I would say like bold prediction that gets too cliche, but like how do you see the rest of this kind of swirl of free agency and even into the draft playing out? How do they address all the, how do they eventually dra- address all these things? Do they is there a you know a big move to be made or is the hunter thing just kind of become the the bonus conversion and they have a little bit of money and then we never really see that off-season kind of splash move they just kind of do the thing that uh, that they you know that they can do well i i i guess i sort of think at this point if they haven't been able to deal hunter and, and we've still got what 48 hours or so before that thing kicks in i mean maybe they get something done but part of me feels like if that hasn't happened to this point that they're probably going to maybe do the conversion and keep him and, and roll with it um so maybe there's not the splash move in that regard. Um, you know, I think Dalvin Cook is probably the same kind of thing where if they were going to make a trade, they probably would have done it by now. I think that the chance to get something in return for him, maybe it's a draft pick. Maybe they look at that. But I think if you were going to get something that would allow you to be active in free agency or at least help fill a hole in your roster, we might have seen some movement with that already. Um yeah, I, I, I sort of wonder if it's just clear some space where you can and then go find a couple of guys in the free agent market and then try to hit on a few needs in the draft. And then once you're a year further down the road, you have more flexibility because the cap will continue to go up. You're going to have the chance to have more of these signing bonus prorations, more of the dead money risks off of some of these contracts. I mean, they, they're carrying like 20 something million dollars, 21, $22 million of dead money right now. So once that is gone after this year, it's a little easier to reset things. It's a little easier to go make some moves. So maybe it ends up going that way. And you try to just get through this year as best you can and, and hope that you can use the pieces you have a little better than they've been used in the past. And, and you go that way, but um, and short of that, short of a big move or short of doing a lot of financial shuffling that maybe pushes some of that money into the future, there's not a lot of options for him at this point. I, I think it's it's um, probably not how they would have preferred to take over the house, uh, seeing how much work needed to be done to it. But you know what? They uh, you, you buy it as it stands, and uh, you can't demand that the previous owner of it does fixes before you take it over. 
So, so, so a bit of a fixture upper at this point. So we are sure though that um, Kevin O'Connell is not just Mike Zimmer riding on Rick Spielman's shoulders. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's the case. I, only in part because I think you put six five Kevin O'Connell on top of six four six five Quasi Adolfo Mensa, they're not going to fit through many doors. So uh, you have that issue on a literal sense, but figuratively, no. I, I think they would like to be able to do things differently. Um, it's just not really that big of an option right now, especially if there is this sort of charge to be competitive this year. I, I think that makes it a little more difficult to just blow the roster up and kind of start from scratch and say, we're going to be bad for a year. And we're going to, yeah, I, you're not going to see them tank for Bryce young. I, I think that's fairly safe to assume that you're not going to see them go into that kind of a mode. And, and then it makes it a little more challenging to try to, to make this pivot that they, they probably have to make at some point here without, uh, either tearing the roster down or taking on so much dead money that you can't do much else. It's it's a challenging situation, but you know th- these guys came in, I think, with their eyes open and, and knew what they were walking into, and and probably will get the time to try to uh, remake this thing in their own footprint at some point. Well, I will brace myself for eight and nine or nine and eight next season, and uh, we'll <laughs> go from there. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Good stuff. All right. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Good stuff from Ben Gessling, and it is important to keep these things in perspective. Um, I think Quesi Adolfo Mensa had a good quote at the news conference Thursday that I want to play for you here in a minute. Uh, we, we clamor for the splash moves, but sometimes those splash moves are the ones that get you in trouble, get you in salary cap jail down the road, not talking about anybody specifically necessarily, um, but sometimes those mid-level moves are the ones that uh, that, that pay off in the long run, and that... Uh, that seemed to be the message from Cuesta do Fomenza as he introduced Jordan Hicks and Harrison Phillips to the media on Thursday. Uh, in economics, we talk about things like the winner's curse, right? And that, that happens when people don't focus on the right thing. Um, the job isn't to win the bidding war. The job is to win the objective of building a team, the best team you can, with the resources you have at your disposal. Um, you know, those two, two ideas can connect at times, not often, but at times they can connect and you can feel really good about the decision you made. And I sit up here with two of those great decisions standing to the left of me right there. Now the Packers conversely have made all sorts of splash moves this offseason. The big one retaining Aaron Rodgers, but now interestingly enough, Devonte Adams, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, being traded to the Raiders. All sorts of people reporting the terms of this. Getting Packers getting the first and second round picks in this year's draft from the Raiders. That's number 22 and number 53 overall. Adams gets a new contract, $67.5 million fully guaranteed, and a $28.5 million average value per season. So, Got to imagine the Packers have to draft a wide receiver or sign another wide receiver with the cap space they now have from Adams' departure. Um, the Adams had a great year last season, was by far and away you know, Aaron Rodgers' most dependable target, had 123 catches, 1,553 yards last season. Um, so he's you know been the one of the backbones of their offense aside for, uh, along with Aaron Rodgers. So how Green Bay is able to, you know, keep moving with that passing game without Devontae Adams will be an interesting development. That makes them weaker, especially on paper, unless they can quickly add another dependable wide receiver in that regard. So that facet will be interesting to see for the Packers next season, even with Rodgers back, how good will that passing game really be? 
Let us finish with the cooler. It is March Madness time. Tons of great games on Thursday in the men's tournament. St. Peter's beating Kentucky, obviously the headliner in that, a 15 over a 2. A great game for them. The women's tournament begins in earnest today. The first four is over, and now it is time for the second round in that tournament. If you are keeping it, local Gophers women's basketball team advanced in the WNIT um, Sarah Scalia, 33 points uh, as, as the Gophers rallied to beat Green Bay, uh, 73-65 Thursday night. Scalia had 17 of her points in the fourth quarter in that rally to victory. Gophers will now play uh, South Dakota State on Sunday in a second-round game. So good for Lindsey Whalen's team. Hey, anytime you can survive in advance, it is a good thing for your program. That will do it for today. Hope you enjoyed everything this week. Should have tons of good stuff to talk about next week as well. Thanks for joining me on Daily Delivery today. We'll be back at it again on Monday.